money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Texas Rias. Excited to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, we got a lot of folks in our live audience here, and uh, we meet every Tuesday as part of our Texas Rias uh, group. Uh, we meet in Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio because we invest in Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. Uh, so we are your one-stop shop for all things real estate investing here in Texas. So we live here, we work here, we invest here. Uh, I know some of you guys are probably listening to and learning from people who do not live here, work here, invest here. And I will tell you, uh, please proceed with caution if you are taking real estate investing advice from someone who may not uh, live here, work here, invest here, because they may be telling you to do things that may not actually serve you, may be illegal, may get you into some trouble, uh, may send you on a, a wild goose chase, which is what I find is kind of the biggest problem. And then six months later, you're like, oh, wow, that thing that the YouTube guru taught me uh, did not work. So, uh, and I say that, guys, knowing that I have a YouTube channel, uh, but again, uh, I am all things uh, Texas uh, specifically. So if you guys are planning on investing here, uh, which is a state basically where everyone is moving, and I highly recommend you invest in places where people are moving to, as opposed to where people are moving from, uh, just because you'll get to see the appreciation in terms of the value of your investment going up uh, versus if you're investing in a place where people are moving away from, you're not gonna be able to see that. Now, some people say, and I'll ask uh, just kind of a poll, and, and guys, I um, may I ask that we have some fun here tonight while we're all together. Okay, three people are totally on board with that. I am so stoked. So, so thank you, thank you for that, guys. Uh, but I'm I am curious to know. So, and I'll ask you guys to kind of answer some questions for me. Um, how many of you are are in in your in your mind are thinking Texas is too expensive? The Dallas Fort Worth market is too expensive. Any of you guys? Is this, I can't tell if you're giving me like a signal or you're picking your nose. So, it was a signal. It was a scratch. Okay. Uh, so any, is anyone thinking that? Anybody thinking that? Anybody thinking that? Is anybody thinking that Dallas is on sale? Anybody thinking Texas is on sale? Okay. One person. So, you know, what are your thoughts on the market? I'm curious. You're the only person who raised your hand saying that Texas was on sale. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. You said it's expensive. Okay, all right. So is anybody else here to support her and think that this market is expensive? Okay, a couple of you guys, a couple of you guys. So I'm curious. Um, um, have you been here most of your life? I've been here from California since 2012. Been here since California since 2012. Have you guys been here most of your life? All your lives, okay. Um, so so here's, here's what I see about uh, the lifers, if you will. So the lifers will typically say something like, well, I remember when you could buy that area or that property for insert price that's two or $300,000 below what it's selling for right now. Do you guys find yourself saying that? It's okay, it's okay, right? So probably a lot of you guys who have been here for a long time probably, probably think and say that. And you know, what's funny is I typically say kind of, uh, you know, get your perspective from someone who's moving here from California. 
because when a Californian moves here, it basically looks like everything is on sale. Literally, it's like they get their Texas driver's license and they say, I'm rich, right? It's like, didn't feel that way in California, but really feel that way right now in Texas. But what I find is a lot of people who have this, and I'll call it a limiting belief, if you will, that you know, it, because you remember when, because your perspective is so deep, sometimes that uh, taints your ability to see what the market is right here, right now, today. So because I don't want you to say uh, in another 10 years, I remember when 10 years ago you could have bought this for insert some price that is half of what it's selling for in 10 years, right? Because what, what do we know about the market? Do we know we're going to be saying that? Is that pretty much a lock, a guarantee? This is the interactive part. I can literally hear you breathing, please. It's really okay. Uh, what was the question again? Um, can you see yourself being in a position where you're, you're going to be looking back in 10 years and saying, I wish I would have gotten started 10 years ago. Or I remember 10 years ago when the values were less than what they are right now. So, so I, I see a lot of people who will also tell me, I, um, I'm, looking, I'm curious, how many of you guys are looking to invest in other cities or states? Looking to invest in other cities or states? And I'm curious, will you tell me why you're thinking about another city or state? My partner does already. Your partner does already? And how about you? You listen to North Carolina, the coastal area, what's left of some of the coastal area. <laughs> uh, now, is that part of a longer term retirement plan? I'm just curious. Okay, how did I know that? I don't know. Uh, who else is interested in a different city or state? Yeah, you in the back. Um, Alabama, because we have land there. How about you? Just more opportunities. So, so what do we know about the Texas economy? What do we know about the Texas economy? It's like the seventh or eighth largest economy in the, in the world, right? And, and, and people are moving here like crazy. So one thing that I see people get a little, um, um, especially as they're getting started, right? And especially some of the, what I'll call some of the lifers, the people who have been here for a long time, it's not unusual for uh, those people to say, well, it's too expensive here, so we should go and invest someplace where it is cheaper. And sometimes people equate the concept of being a lower price is, is also being in what category? Is also being a deal, okay? Just because something is cheaper doesn't necessarily mean it's a, deal. it's a deal, right? So where do we see that? So you, know, you said something interesting, uh, the uh, young woman in the back, you said, well, there's more land in Alabama. Okay, I don't know compared to Texas that that is necessarily <laughs> the accurate, but you know, I'll see people who say like, yeah, I want to go places where there's more land. I want to go places where the average price is lower. Uh, but, but do you work the same amount of hours on a house that you're flipping that's $200,000 versus a house that you're flipping that's $400,000 or $600,000? Is that effectively just about the same amount of work? Except now you're doing two houses, which means two kitchens, which means you know, four bathrooms, which means, you know, four land, you know, all of those different things, right? So you're putting in more work for probably about the same amount of money. And I will say, if you can't find a deal here in Texas, then it's kind of like, uh, like in New York, they say, if you can't make it here, or if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I'll say, if you can't make a deal here, then you can't make a deal anywhere else either. So, so I want you guys to be of the mindset that um, you know, in, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, about a, over 100,000 houses sell on the MLS every single year, right? 
probably another uh, 20 plus thousand houses, probably more, sell off of the MLS every single year, right? In Texas as a whole, over 400,000 houses are selling every single year in Texas, right? Do you think you guys should be able to find a house here in Texas? And the answer I would hope would be yes. You don't have to go to other states just because it's, it's, uh, it's cheaper. And just because it's cheaper doesn't mean that you're, it's going to be a better deal, right? If you have a power team here, if you have local resources here, the likelihood that you will be successful goes up exponentially than if you're trying to manage a deal that's far away. And I always tell this uh, story of, um, uh, you know, for, for my husband and I, we like to write off our vacations. How many other business owners like to write off their vacations? Okay, yeah, okay. So uh, sometimes when we go to Hawaii, we will speak at the local Hawaii Real Estate Investor Association meeting, right? So we can kind of, kind of get that, that time in real estate while we are there. And the real estate, uh, the person who was running the association had told us that someone come in to talk to them. So they're, they're light on people to come and speak, right? Just it's, a long, it's a long flight to get over there. But uh, the, uh, a group had come in from like Indiana and said, guys, you guys from Hawaii, you need to be doing what? Investing in Indiana. Why do they want them? Why do they say you should be investing in Indiana? by like 90%, right? Is the average house price in, in Hawaii over 600,000 at that time, right? And they were coming in and they were saying you could buy all these houses in Indiana for $60,000, right? This is about 10 years ago. And, um, and, and they were right, the prices were lower, right? And, and so uh, they kind of tried to convince these folks that you, know, you were getting a good deal. And several people from Hawaii uh, left, uh, left that beautiful state and started investing with some of these people in Indiana because they thought they were getting a great deal. Fast forward three years later, the person who came to speak to them has completely disappeared. Now they have houses that are not rented, now they have houses that need to be repaired, and now in some cases they have houses that need to be sold. Anybody here from Hawaii? I'm just curious. Anyone here from Hawaii? Anyone here been to Hawaii? Okay, okay, a couple people have been to Hawaii. So in Hawaii, when it's below 78 degrees, it's a cold front, right? And if it's above 82 degrees, it's a heat wave. Yes, that's, that's like Hawaiian mindset, which is you know, pretty accurate there, as you just kind of live in this, in this time frame. So, so can you imagine being a Hawaiian and having invested in Indiana because the prices are cheaper there and going to have to take care of that property now and can you imagine like uh, talking to, going up to your boss and saying, uh, I, need to, uh, I need to take a little time off. And what's your boss gonna say? Cool, what are you, are, where are, you going on, are you going on vacation? Where are you going? Remember they're in Hawaii. So the person in Hawaii says, well, we're, we're, actually, um, we're actually going to Indiana. Oh, Indiana. Oh, I'm sorry, who died? Right? Think about that. Why else would you go? Why else would you leave Hawaii to go to Indiana? Right? So in this time period, houses were selling for 600-ish in Hawaii, and they bought all these properties for 60-ish in Indiana. And over this three-year period, now houses in Hawaii are selling for 900, and the houses in Indiana are selling for 60. Way to go, guys. 
So just remember, just because another place is cheaper, just because you remember when that house used to sell for some much significantly lower amount, right? Doesn't mean that you need to go and chase deals in other cities. Now, does it mean that you need to get in now, right? So they say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Uh, second best time would be today, right? Same, same is true for real estate investing. And so I've been investing for uh, 20 years now. And I will tell you that uh, um, it's great to start now. And I see a lot of investors that are killing it right now. Uh, but if you had your druthers, I have, if I had my druthers for all of you, I would have loved for you guys to have started 20 years ago. Uh, but the truth is, what do we know about what's going to happen with this Texas market? How's it going to look in another 20, 10, 20 years? Okay, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a straight line? That's going to be a series of market cycles, right? It's going to be a series of market cycles. So we know, need to know how to uh, handle those different market cycles. How many of you guys are worried about interest rates right now? Okay, a couple of you guys. You start in the back row with the beard. Tell me what you're thinking about interest rates. Uh, they're crazy on the rise. You're not buying a home right now if you're a first-time home buyer. Oh, good luck buying a home right now if you're a first-time home. People are still buying. Is that true? You're a licensed loan officer. Um, so uh, sales are down somewhere around 15 to 25%, depending on which market you're in. Dallas is around 17% versus where we were last year. Austin, for example, is down about 25% versus where we are last year. It feels different, though. How many realtors are in the room? I'm curious. Does it feel different now versus how it felt a year, a year ago? It's so, it's so interesting. It's like a year ago, it was like, all we care about are having, getting sellers. Now that is completely shifted to all we care about is having buyers, right? And the buyers are still buying for sure, uh, but they're buying at a much reduced pace over what they were buying uh, versus the same time last year. So the pace is still very strong, but it's closer to like a 2019 pace, right? And what do we think is gonna happen with interest rates over the course of the next uh, uh, six months? They're gonna keep going up. They're gonna keep going up. Why? Because we have a Fed chairman who's going full Volcker, right? So have any of you guys heard, heard them talk about uh, Jerome Powell like that? Um, so I think they're gonna conti continue to go up. And, and you know, I, I, I've, you know, over the last six months, I've heard some people say, say something that I find really cute and adorable, which is I'm seeing a lot of people say, uh, quote, unquote, when rates go back, how many of you guys think we'll ever see rates like we saw a year ago? One person does, one person does, two people do. Does it have to do with the amount of debt that we have? Is that why you think that's the case? So you think because most of the world like is when they're doing loans, like I think like Japan and Australia are, had been doing like negative interest rate loans. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I can't see us going back to that two to 3%. Um, I mean, if you would have told me you know, not most of the world, if you would have told me like, oh, we can't afford to pay our debt if it goes much higher, right? Then I would say, yeah, no, I hear you. And then what, and then, and then so some of the other um, Fed officials are saying what, hey, stop going full Volcker, right? Pump, pump the brakes a little bit on these rises. I, I can see us pumping the brakes a little bit on the rises, but I don't see any changes anytime soon when it comes to the interest rates. So you know, if, if you guys, and I know some of you guys said that you are realtors, right? If I were you, I would be telling your would-be buyers who might be sitting on the fence and thinking about renting, you better buy something now 
uh, before rates continue to do what? Go up. Because I don't think they're going to be going down anytime probably in the next minimum the next year, right? Um, and then I would say, you know, when I'm talking, you know, when you're talking to a buyer, I might also suggest that this is the only time that over the last two years we've been in a market where you're seeing uh, more price decreases than you are seeing price increases. And this is the only time in the last two years where you're not going to have to compete against 65 other offers. Uh, and this is the only time over the last two years. For the last two years, there, there, there have been uh, a few words that have been absent in the MLS. What are those words? Motivated, motivated seller. Uh, but all of a sudden, what are you starting to see now? You're starting to see things like motivated seller, right? And then, and then I will just say, like in terms of worrying about the market, being concerned about the market, um, what percentage of buyers are buying cash? It's roughly about 30% of the buyers are buying cash. So they're a little insensitive to these rate hikes. And then, um, you know, it's so interesting because I'm seeing a lot of lenders, uh, and I'll ask, you, sir, you said you're a lender. Um, so I'm seeing uh, something I haven't seen in, uh, since probably 2008, so adjustable rate mortgages, right? So were you bu basically buying down the rate to get it so that it's more affordable today and then let it adjust over time thinking that what? When interest rates go down, right? So, so again, I, 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 I'm, I'm worried about that. But what, I, what I'm excited and hopeful for the mortgage industry to get a little bit more creative and we saw some of this creativity in 2008, now some of them uh, before 2008, which landed us in a fair amount of trouble. Uh, but I would love to see, and, 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 and in 2006, for example, I'd heard stories about, uh, I'd heard stories about uh, 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 some of the lenders giving 70-year-olds 40-year mortgages. How's that going to work out? I'm not sure. I know they live a little longer in, in, in California, but I wouldn't think that much longer. But uh, I would love to see 40-year mortgages because 40-year mortgages will stem what? The payment. Because ultimately, do they care about what, what, what they're buying the house for? What do they care about? The payment, right? Because the lenders are doing a you know, debt-to-income ratio. And if you can adjust that debt-to-income ratio by doing a 40-year amortization, does that make something that was previously unaffordable? Well, yeah, no, now it makes sense, right? Just like having a 30-year mortgage makes sense to people as opposed to putting $500,000 down, right? They've created different loan packages in the past, right? Exactly like that. So I'm just waiting for them to get a little bit more creative at some point. So I'm hoping that's going to be the case, but we'll see. Uh, and, and we'll see if it continues, uh, how we continue to, to raise rates. So I will tell you, uh, when I first started investing in real estate, rates were between 7 and 9%, okay? Um, nobody felt sorry for me. Nobody cried. The market was still doing its thing. What, what had happened? What, what was the difference between now versus then? Then? That was the norm. That was the norm. Yeah. It's perspective, Right? When you had perspective that, you know, okay, well, their rates are going to be in that 7 8% range, then it's like, oh, it's just, it's just what it is. How long does it take for something to become the norm? It's psychological, right? So what am I waiting for? What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for a new crop of buyers who don't say, well, I remember when. <laughs> Think about it. I remember when interest rates were 2 or 3%. 
Now I'm waiting for the buyers who don't have a memory of that because they were not buyers at that time. Someone said three, someone said three years. I, I don't know what that answer is. I don't know what that answer is, but at some point it will, it will kick in. Um, uh, so I'm curious, I see some of you guys in here with, with no hair and gray hair, which means you may have been a buyer of a property um, in the 80s. Anyone in here bought a property in the 80s? Anyone? Yeah. So, so you, you both don't have gray or no hair, so, but, uh, but that's good living, so that's awesome. Uh, so so um, did you feel like, honey, we better go and get that mortgage while rates are still 16% because the Fed's going to be raising them to 18%. We better rush and hurry. Were we still ha selling homes when interest rates were that high? The answer is yes. What's the difference? It's perspective. And I think at some point buyers are going to be saying, holy cow, I better get in there before what? Before he goes even more full Volcker, right? He continues to raise those. So uh, something, to, something to chew on, something to think about. I'm curious, how many of you guys are working on, a, on, on opportunities right now? We're talking to a seller right now. You have a question. Yes, ma'am. The question was, uh, well, you know, if you'll take that mic. You see that mic standing right there? Actually, let's see. Let me see if I can get to here. Uh, okay. You see that mic right there? Stand over there. I'd love to interview you and talk to you about this. Yes. Uh, what is your name, ma'am? Dawn, the breaking of a new day. Dawn, the breaking of a new day. Who wants to top that? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, so welcome, Dawn. Um, so your question was, uh, what are we going to talk about do, building a power team? Yeah. See, yeah. I mean, where you're at. Will you talk more in the, in the microphone? I'm sorry. Where you're at, yeah. you're way over my head. Okay. I'm at the basic fundamental. Okay. Assembling a yeah. team. Okay. My agent, my contractor, my... We'll do that right now. My um, property we'll manager. We'll do that right now. Um, how many... If you're an agent in the room, will you raise your hand? No, no, no. Stay. Oh, no, we're not done. Uh, this, this day is going to dawn over time. Oh, yeah. We gave it. It's going to be one of those skies. You're like, I don't want to walk away from this guy. So do we have some agents in the room? Yeah, we have some agents in the room. Where do you find, so, so, and would you like to help an investor, like buy a couple of properties? Yeah, probably, right? And I'm just curious, who are my contractors in the room, if you'll raise your hand? Okay, would you like to help? Oh, there's one. All the rest of you are like, doing what? <laughs> I, mean, I know what you're doing. You're, you're either at Ruth's Chris eating steak that I paid for, and so did everyone else in this room, right? Uh, or you are still working because it's still light outside, right? And you got probably more projects than you can uh, actually handle. So, so typically you're going to find a one to 10 ratio in, mm -hmm. in my room of, uh, of, of contractor to, to realtors, right? Uh, uh, but uh, the, all, all your, your whole power team's in this room. I'm curious, um, and, and some of you guys, uh, uh, you, some of you guys will be shy, and I, and I understand that. We'll just make a rule that no one follows anyone to the parking lot. Is that okay? Is, is that okay? I just, especially not in a creepy sort of a way. Um, uh, Non-creepy is, is acceptable, but, but don't, don't be creepy. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to, you know worry about that. So I'm curious. I know we have a, at least one lender in the room. Do we have any other lenders in the room? Raise your hand if you're a lender. Okay. You see some people. What about a wholesaler? What, who are my wholesalers in the room? That would be the entire room, really. You got probably. any business cards? Yeah. Yes. So, so what I will great. do is Dawn, Thank we're not, you. we're not finished dawning. So, so, so she's, she's like, so I'm charming. at the beginning. Well, she, by the time we finish this, you're going to be at the end. You're going to have all, all that you need. 
So what I'll ask is, and I'll, and I'll let you know when we wrap this up, uh, what I'll ask is if you'll just kind of slowly walk down the hall and just kind of just, you know, okay. just, just grab some stuff. Not yet, Dawn. We're still going. We're still going, Bye Dawn. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Don, you're not going to make like a, like, like that. And expect that to expect, expect nothing for that. So, um, and so, so we got some wholesalers, got some lenders, we've got some realtors, we've got one contractor. Um, what about a bird dog? Any bird dogs in the room? Okay, one right behind you. I'm curious, do we have any lawyers in the room? Just want to know who I'm offending in advance. Just want to make sure I know. Okay, none. Okay, they're hanging it out in the back uh, later. So any, any CPAs and accountants in the room? Okay. A couple of people that are, are the head, if you needed a head scratcher or nose picker, we got a couple of those in the room. So I can't tell what, if they're giving me what kind of signal they're giving me. What about a hard money lender? Oh, we got, we got a hard money lender. We have private money lenders in here. We probably don't have a hard money lender. Are you, if you're interested in investing and, and lending to someone else, will you raise your hand? Really, no one? I know. Come wow. on. No one. Really, this is the part. This is why I said we're not going to follow you to the parking lot. That's why. That's why I took the air out of that one. Took the worry out of that one. Who are my private money lenders in the room? Super curious. Okay, really, no one. Okay, okay, really, no one. Okay, well, I'll, I'll trust you on the, your word on this. Uh, who who would like to be a private money lender? Okay, a couple of you guys. A couple of you guys. A couple of you guys. Um, I'm curious, Brittany and Matt, do you happen to have a, uh, an old 401k from where you used to work before you got into the business of being a realtor and a contractor? Yes. Uh, what are you doing with that 401k? The stock market was really hard on you, Brittany. I mean, uh, I mean, most people have said they're down 20%, but very few say there's, there's, there's nothing left in there. Matt, how about you? Okay. Same thing. Okay. Who has some money in a, in a 401k? okay guys all right and and keep your hand up keep your hand up keep your hand up if you have also had what's called a separation of employment meaning you quit or you got fired wait how did you no you <laughs> okay so so let me tell you something uh let, let me make you a private money lender tonight okay let me make you a private money lender tonight and so so don you'd also ask should we take some notes in here yes we're going to be taking notes in here um there is a company called quest trust how many of you guys are familiar with Quest Trust? Okay, Quest Trust has over $2 billion under management of people's old what? 401ks turned into self-directed IRAs. And what can we do in a self-directed IRA? We can invest. What can we invest in? Real estate. We can invest in basically everything except life insurance uh, policies because we don't invest in dead people. That's an IRS rule. I didn't make it. Um, and then you can't uh, invest in collectibles, okay? So those are, those are like the two big rules. Um, now, so you can hold uh, rental property in your real estate. You can give loans to other investors out of your self-directed IRA. Uh, you can buy shares, and I know some of you, some, one person said multifamily. Uh, so you can buy shares of uh, class A, class B, in a multifamily investment as well in your self-directed IRA. So let me try this question again. How many of you guys are now private money lenders. Okay, yeah. So all you need is what's called a separation of employment. When you have that separation of employment, then now all of a sudden you've done this beautiful thing in your self-directed in your 401k, which is basically setting it free. Setting it free to invest however you would like to invest. So um, I, I don't know, I probably got you maybe 50 business cards roughly tonight. You've done tonight. a great job. I've done a great job. And well, all thank I did you. was sit there and say, all you I'm done. All you did is said, it's like, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah, so 
Yeah. yeah. So, so Dawn, I'm Shanoa. Nice to meet you. Hi, and uh, happy, to, uh, happy to help you as part of your uh, real estate investing journey. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do here as part of the Real Estate Investor Association. Uh, part of what I love to do. Um, and this is maybe like, I don't, I don't know if being a connector is a love language, but it's like, a it maybe, is one to me. It's it is one to right me. Now. It is one it's to me too. Love, love so, so right I, I often, um, joke that I am like a 1920s phone operator in my business. You need what? Oh yes. Hold on. Let me connect you. Can I get you need what? Oh, oh yes. Let me, let me, and this is what I do all day long. I share contact cards and I put people together. That is one of the big reasons that people join a group and association so that they can grow together, so they can start a business together, so they can take it from the beginning of the dawn to the end of the dawn, right? And uh, do that. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be of service uh, to can you I tonight. Have uh, you can have my card. Yes, you can. Yeah. So. Uh, and guys, thank you uh, for uh, allowing uh, me to do what I call uh, a coaching uh, group coaching session. So uh, this is one of the things that we get to do as part of the association, just to give you an idea about how you can start uh, your business uh, uh, at the dawn, at the beginning, uh, or grow your business. So we help as many people start their businesses as part of this association as we do uh, grow and scale their business. So uh, that's part of what we do at Texas Rio. So thank you for uh, being part of this with us. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.